Welcome to welcome back to the Cone Zone. Back from a one week hiatus, Grant Cone, Lowell Cone. We were just on a family vacation last week in Palm Springs, having a great time. Yeah, what happened was my wife's one of her dreams was to get the whole family rent for us to rent a house and get the whole family during spring break so the kids could go and um, with a pool, a house with a pool, and have a great time. And in honor of her memory, I rented a beautiful house in Palm Springs with a pool. Iggy came with his wife, Swasti. My son, Brian, came with his wife, Carolyn, and their two kids, Sam and Camila. And we really had a lot of fun. We really did. In fact, we really did. And for New Yorkers out there, for the rest of you, you won't understand this, but if there are any former New Yorkers, we had a Spaulding, which is a ball like a tennis ball, but no fuzz and it's pink. And we played errors in the pool all day, every day. And it yeah. was like uh, revisiting my childhood. Iggy grew up with a Spaulding. And a lot of fun was you would jump off in the deep end and someone would throw the ball while you were in, in the air and you had to catch it. Yes. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah, we did that a lot. I did a little bit of work from Palm Springs, and you were over here. We we didn't do the show last week, so right. we're going to talk a little bit about things you didn't get to talk about, like JTL yes. Sullivan. Oh, that was a couple of weeks ago. You have a lot to say, so stay tuned for the JTL Sullivan talk. But another thing, last week there were these reports that the Niners might be interested in Aaron Rodgers if the Jets can't seal the deal, and they're floundering, not sealing the deal. You were I could see you in the pool listening. And you you want to talk about this possibility that the Niners could go after Aaron Rodgers. What do you think? Okay, L- uh, let me start with the background. And, and it is, and with people I respect say this, they have the window of opportunity. We've heard about this window for a long time. Yeah. And it, uh, the whole idea is to win a Super Bowl now. And I mm-hmm. I agree. It's not to win a Super Bowl two seasons from now. It's to win it when you have the shot. So the thinking is, and it's reasonable thinking, that Aaron Rodgers is the the ingredient at quarterback that could make them win the Super Bowl this coming season. Mm. I reject that uh, point of view, but I I respect it, but I reject it. And let me give give you some reasons why. Aaron Rodgers is 39 years old. Um, he will turn 40 in December. December. Yeah. So he's he's not young. Now, Brady, of course, um, was able to perform at a high level in his 40s. I don't think this guy is doing it. I have some stats. I don't usually do this. I apologize. But last season, his passer rating was 103.6, which is okay. Uh, it's not astonishing. There are people who do better. He threw 26 touchdown passes and... 12 interceptions, which is sort of like Jimmy Garoppolo stuff, Iggy, right? Well, yeah, you say, um, oh, actually, hold on. I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers' uh, numbers from last year. It looks like his passer rating last year was 91. Then maybe I even got it wrong. 91. That's not good. You know who had a 103 quarterback rating last year? Jimmy Garoppolo. So So actually, Jimmy Garoppolo was statistically better than Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers didn't have the weapons that Jimmy had, but still, I don't want to hear it freaking Aaron Rodgers. And you're Iggy. Did he have 26 TDs and 12 INTs? He had 26 touchdowns, 12 INTs, and he had a quarterback rating of 91.1 according to Pro Football Reference. That's not good. No, in fact, and that's in, below average. In addition, his yards per catch, uh, if I read it correctly, is 6.8. His yards per uh, attempt, 6.8. For Again, attempt. That's below average. 
Below average, yeah. one of the lowest of his career. So what, what I'm saying yeah. is the idea that he brings them into instant Super Bowl contention more say than, than Brock Purdy may be erroneous. I have some other things to say about him. Oh, boy, do I. Yeah. Um, he's played in, again, please check my stats, Iggy, but he's yeah, played in, tw- in 21 postseason games. That's correct. His record is 11 and 10. That's correct. That's not a good record. No. I mean, and when you this, think of this year, he lost in the first round. He threw for 225 yards and no touchdowns. That's what he did. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he, the, the, he's only won one Super Bowl, and that was in 2011. That's more than a decade, a, more than a decade ago. So what I want to say is I understand maybe f- seven or eight years ago he would have been instant Super Bowl. I'm not sure this iteration of – Aaron Rodgers is is so good, and I'm not sure he's better than Brock Purdy. Um, in addition, and there's more. And, and if you buy <laughs> there's it, more. there's more. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. In Kyle Shanahan's offense, he's going to get hurt. He doesn't move all that well. No. He's an old slow guy, and uh, what happens to those guys in Kyle's offense is they get hurt and they yeah. miss games. Finally. His he played at Cal when he was no charmer when he was at Cal, mm-hmm. but it seems like he has a problem with everybody. He has a problem with teammates with that. And if if he were to go to the Jets, he has so many demands. Players he wants to come with him. It's like he'd be yeah. a little team on the team, and he'd be right. contesting with Salah for who's the head coach. I don't think right. Kyle Shanahan w- wants that or needs that or could handle that. So that's my yeah, argument. Rodgers isn't a true leader. Not- Rodgers isn't a. Tr- Sorry, go ahead. No, say it. I was just going to uh, interject you- to your point. He's he's not a true leader. He's subversive. He create clicks. <laughs> on the team, his group, but he's not leading the team anywhere. He's not Brady. I, I like that point. It's true. He's divisive. So when when it looks like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, sure Hall of Famer, let's get him for a season or two, and boy, we'll see the Niners take off. I don't think the facts support that. Yeah, he's almost 40. Um, he doesn't move that well anymore, and the Niners don't protect their quarterbacks. Kyle Shanahan's attitude is it's on you. When asked yeah. a few years ago what's the most important trait for a quarterback to have, he said toughness. And that's because he's not going to protect the quarterback. He doesn't give him great offensive lines. He doesn't get the ball out of the hands that quick. I mean, it's a lot of under center, turn your back, play action, hold the ball a long time away for guys to get open. So um, Aaron Rodgers, if he were on this team, he would just throw the ball away a lot. And then he would look at Kyle like, what the hell was that? There'd be a lot of that. Yeah, and he'd yell at his wide receivers. He'd blame yeah. them. Yeah, I had. Um, I think Brock Purdy is better for the Niners than Aaron Rodgers. I really do. I want to add something, Iggy. I had lunch yesterday with a dear friend of ours, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Gary Furness from Santa Rosa, and I asked him about Brock Purdy's injury, and he said it's, uh, be- he knows the surgery, and it's quite possible he'll come back stronger than when he was before. Like Tommy John, some of them come back stronger, and he mm-hmm. said he thinks from what he understands – he hasn't looked at Brock Purdy, but from what he understands, he'll make a complete recovery and be stronger than he was, possibly. So my point is, why would you get Aaron Rodgers when you got this guy who I think is a better quarterback? 
Yeah. Well, you don't know for sure what's going to happen no. with Brock Purdy. And no. You, they, you do feel you have this window. But again, like, the thing with Aaron Rodgers, he was great. But like, remember Brett Favre at the end, how insufferable he was? And what a yes. diva he was and how much attention he wanted. Like, Rodgers is like that, but worse right now. Because he has all those diva qualities, but you don't even know when he's going to be on the field. Is he going to go to OTAs? Is he going to go to minicamp? Is he upset with the team? Is he is like Favre would show up and play? He was the Iron Man. He was like Cal Ripken. Freaking Rodgers, he's always got a, an issue with the team. They pissed him off. They didn't draft the player he wanted. You know, he's not going right. to show up for training camp. And then it's it's the player's fault for not being on the same page with him when he didn't show up for the offseason program. Like, I don't know about that guy. I'm kind of out on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, um. So let me ask you this: We're both out on him. Yeah. Do you think the Niners really are interested in him? I think they're interested, and I think I, they never know what they want to do at quarterback, and I think they no. feel, you know, they have to discuss it, and I think they can see that the Jets are messing it up, and if the Jets can't seal the deal, like, who who else would? I think they realize that they're in the conversation whether or not they want to be, and so they had to figure it out. Um, they said no to Tom Brady three years ago, and it burned him. They got to seriously consider this, but we just pointed out all the reasons why this is different than Tom Brady. I mean, he is so not Tom Brady. So not Tom Brady. Yeah. If if the Niners go for him, it'll just be another mistake they make at quarterback. It it'll it'll just be another in a line of mistakes they make at quarterback. And it would be kind of amazing to see how quickly friction developed between Rodgers and Kyle. I mean, it would be very oh. quick. It would be fun, and it would play out on television. Iggy, it would happen in the preseason. Oh, yeah, it would be a lot of fun. So in, in that case, I'm in that sense, I'm rooting for it. I understand because it would be a blast to cover. Oh. It would be like a melodrama. It would be like soap opera, right? Yeah. Who's not talking to who or all of this kind of stuff. Also, covering Rodgers, I have a feeling it would be fun because you think Kyle gets the red ass. Like, imagine Rodgers having to deal with criticism. I mean, he would hate it. And I, I, yeah, oh man, that would be fun. It's not like exactly Trey and Brock are so nice. Like, Rodgers would be so arrogant. It, he he probably didn't get a lot of criticism in Green Bay. No, right? Nah, it's, it's not it's, Green Bay anymore over here. Yeah, yeah. It's a company town over there, right? It's owned it's by true. the community, and it's he true. probably didn't get a lot of criticism. Um, he would hate you within the first week. Yo, yeah, no question. <laughs> that would yeah. be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Yeah. Chris Grove says, Grant, love you, man, but come on. Jordan is better on both sides of the ball than LeBron. Game-winning shot. MJ, better shooter. MJ, better defender. MJ, one-on-one. MJ, Lowell. Who's the greatest basketball player of all time, in your opinion? Hold on. Yeah. I, 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 we were just talking about football, so I got this I here. So okay. I, I was tweeting about this. I said that right, Michael right, Jordan's right. overrated. I don't think so. <laughs> Iggy, I don't think so. Um, okay. I think he's a far superior player player to LeBron James. In you fact, here, folks. You, want, you want to know something? If I were to make my all-time f- f- uh, starting lineup NBA, uh, LeBron James wouldn't be on it. Wow. No. Uh, real quick, uh-huh. unless I get confused here, my point guard would be either Magic Johnson or Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry is a great fucking player. My yes. off guard would be Michael Jordan. My small forward would be Larry Bird. My strong forward would be Tim Duncan, and my center would take your pick: Will Chamberlain, yeah. Bill, Russell, Bill Russell, Kareem, Ab- Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, Akeem Olajuwon. Wh- wh- no, Akeem was pretty good. 
Ooh. Yeah, I, not like those guys. But uh, LeBron doesn't make my team. All right. Well, that's you asked. He delivered. Thank you, Dad. Okay. Hold on, we got a couple more uh, thoughts more? on Trey's hairline. Have you seen it? I don't know about hairlines. Are you talking hairline? Look at me. I think what you should tell Trey is to is to embrace it and let it go because he's trying to hold on to some hair. It's a it's a bad look at this point. I think no, no. You, what you do is just comb it back and let this it go. Is who I am. Yeah, yeah. This is who I am. This is who Trey's I am. Hairline for a rod. <laughs> uh, both look like they're fifty. Ooh. Uh, I wish Ivan I looked says, like I was fifty. <laughs> why does Jed York look like Sid from Ice Age? I've never seen Ice Age. I don't know what that is. Sorry, Ivan, but that's funny. All right, moving on. So you say the Niners should not trade Aaron Rodgers. You're also very bullish on Brock Purdy. But you also think the Niners should keep Trey Lance. Explain why you think they should keep Trey Lance. Okay. Let's start real simple. Now, are we making a bet on this? We will, but that's the next one. Let's talk about what you think they should do. Okay. Right. What they should do is keep Trey Lance. And I want to give some reasons. We have not meaning the world, has not determined that he's a bust. All we've determined is that he got hurt. And before that, they didn't play him a lot. We don't know anything about him. I assume there were reasons they drafted him. I think it's possible he may be a hell of a talent and could turn out to be a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. So what I'm saying is, they got Brock Purdy, they got Trey Lance, and they got Sam Darnold. That, as it's a sports cliche, but that's a good problem to have. It's a right. good problem to have three really good quarterbacks if Darnold is good, or three potentially good quarterbacks, and to let them work it out. That's not a bad problem. That's a good thing. So why would you get rid of one of them t- to make it simpler or easier? An a- accounting in your account books. Why would right. you not? At least while Brock Purdy is hurt, why would you not let the two other guys compete with each other in in training camp and in the preseason? I don't see that there's anything to gain by getting rid of a potentially great player. It seems hasty and short-sighted to me. So I don't like it. In addition, because of the way the Niners have handled him, he's had very little exposure in the league. I don't think they can get a lot for him. I mean, I heard you and Ryan talking about they could get a second and a fourth. No way. They're not going to get No. That's what they're no asking way. for, reportedly. Yeah. But they're not going to get that. No. No. They'll be lucky to get one-third or one-fourth, Iggy. So for that, why would you let him go? You could let him go later on. If, if Sam Darnold kicks his ass in the preseason and in training camp, you could let him go then. What's, uh, what, um, if... He proves that he's not made any advances, that he hasn't learned standing on the sideline because there's a lot you can learn, but at least give him the chance. What do you think? Right. I mean, if if you could maybe get a first-round pick for him, maybe I could understand it because you need a starting right tackle. There are, there are some starting players you need, but also if Brock Purdy weren't injured and had, had been playing for a couple of years, if they had a legit answer at quarterback and they knew it and they felt he's he's played for a few years – he's we want to commit to, then you don't need multiple quarterbacks. But they don't have that. No. They don't have that at all. So instead of what they're doing, which is pretending like they can read the future, predict the future, and like they can evaluate all three quarterbacks based off this little sample size, they say Brock Purdy's the guy, he's the leader. 
just let it play out. Just be honest that you don't know that each one has played. One's played four games. One's played eight games. One has been an utter disappointment in the NFL for 50 games. Just say we don't know. And we'd like to keep all three because we feel all three of them have major potential and it will play itself out. That's the best way to handle it. You know, if they were to say that, I think a lot of people would respect it. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. We're, you yeah. know, that's part of what we're trying to do as opposed to we know. Well, they also right. knew with Jimmy and how did that work out? Yep. It made him they look also foolish. Knew with Trey. They also knew with Trey, right? They knew with Trey yeah. so much that they traded three first round picks to get him. Right. Same thing. Yeah. So I would say absolutely let it play out, and it makes the Niners seem brave yep. and transparent. Agree. As opposed, I, to, as opposed to delusional. Delusional. And bullshit artists. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Agree. Because I don't agree. believe anything they're saying. Yeah. I mean, they're saying Brock will be fine and he'll be back. Man, why don't you wait until that happens before you trade Trey Lance? I think so. You know, and again, why why would you even be thinking of trading Trey Lance? Give him a chance. You never gave him a chance. You never gave him a chance. You don't have Steve Young. You don't have Drew Brees. You have Brock Purdy, who's had a good couple of months. That's nothing. It's nothing. And as efficient and, and as good as Brock Purdy is, and believe me, I love that story. Yeah. I don't think he's ever going to be an elite quarterback. I don't. Uh, he's going to be a hell of a good quarterback, but he's not going to be an elite quarterback. Yeah. He's going to be maybe Philip Rivers um, at that level. Um, I don't think Philip Rivers was elite, but he was exciting. He was good. Mm-hmm. They're different kinds of quarterbacks, but I don't think he'll rise above that. And here you have Trey Lance, who could be like Patrick Mahomes. Right. The whole idea is take a guy with an unlimited skill set like Steve Young. Yeah. Commit to developing him and see what he blossoms into. Like Steve Young wasn't ready right away, but the Niners committed to the process of developing him, and he turned into an all-time great quarterback. And it's like if Bill Walsh had given up on Steve Young after a couple of appearances, you know what? This guy sucks. Let's just go with Steve Bono. Like, okay, really? You sure? Right. And in, in yeah. fact, Bill, who w- was brilliant about football, saw in Steve what no one else could see. Probably no one else in the league could see. And he did, you know, he would never answer. If you would ask Bill, who was a better quarterback, Joe or Steve, he would never answer that. I think he believed Joe was, but that's my guess. He never told me. But he always said Steve was the best athlete at quarterback he ever coached. That's how he answered the question. I could see it. I mean, and his passing numbers were as good as anyone's ever. I think he led the league in completion percentage four or five times. He was a great passer on top of being the best athlete Bill Walsh ever coached at the position. And I was talking about this with Ryan yesterday. I feel like if Steve had played today in this era where you really can't touch the quarterback and the offenses have evolved to sort of use the the quarterback's legs a little bit more and safely, he would be even better. And I don't know about you could say that about that many athletes, that they'd be even better in the future. He would be, I think. Yeah, I I think probably he's an all-time top 10 quarterback. If he played now, he'd probably be an all-time top five. Yeah, he didn't even play in his 20s. He had to wait, and then he, he had to wait so much. Yeah. yeah, he had to wait a long time behind Joe, and it was very interesting. You know, he was a gentleman. There are some guys who talk to the media behind the scenes and say, I'm really pissed. And I'm he never said that to me or to Ira. Now, he may have said it to coaches, 
but he never said it uh, to me or to Ira. He was a team player. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anna Kit says, curiosity. Why does Schefter others have breaking news over beat writers? Shouldn't journalists in the Bay Area be more connected? What does it take? Would you like to take that or me, Iggy? Well, it's. I think it's both in the interest of the agents and the team to give this information to Schefter and the NFL Network people because it's a quid pro quo. I give you information, you give me information. What do you know about teams around the league? I think that's kind of what, what happened. And Schefter has a lot of information. The NFL Network guys have a lot of information. That's part of it. Meaning, meaning the information they have is like what's going on in other teams? Is, is that what you mean? Yeah, it's an exchange, I would think. Okay, are you? I'm. You're beginning to fade on me a little bit. Are you? Or you were beginning to fade a little bit. It was you, I think. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you're blaming me, huh? It was you. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's there's more to it. If a team mm -hmm. wants news to get out, if they go to Adam Schefter, who is an excellent reporter and a good guy, if they it becomes national news. Right. If they go to Matty Mayoko, it's local. True. So they get more power, more bang for their buck, cliche, by going to these national guys than to the local guys. And I want you to know that's a complete change from when I covered the team. Ira Miller covered it for the Chronicle, and he and I worked together for 15 years. Ira was the one who broke all the news. And right. um, it, it, there weren't that many you know, national reporters at that time. Right. You know, ESPN was just starting. And so it was really a beat driven, the local beat. And now it's completely changed. I want to give you an example. Everybody knows the salaries now. But in the past, they didn't know them. Ira, in the, I think it was in the 80s, made it his business to find out the salary of every 49er player. And he published it in the Chronicle. This was before people knew things like that. And John McVeigh, the general manager, was really pissed. How did, you know, Ira, how did he get all this? And he called in the PR guy, Kirk, called him in and said, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Kirk said, were his numbers right? <laughs> McVeigh said, yeah, every one of them. So Ira scooped the whole league on that. But now it's, yeah, it's I, official. Go on. I think nowadays teams don't want to make local reporters powerful and famous they understand like these scoops are big i think they understand that Schefter's established ian rapaport's established you have to work with them but they trust those guys and i feel like they're like the necessary evil that they work with i, I, I will let these two guys break all the news nationally but i'm not going to let anyone locally be get too famous or connected because then that's a monster we created i think so and again i don't know ian rapaport but i i do know I've had lunch with Schefter, and he, I told you, his parents went to Penn State with Ira Miller. So I know about him, and Schefter is a, is a, a trustworthy person and a good guy. Um, I think he's great at what he does. So, yeah. But I want to say one other thing. It's too bad that the local guys can't break news. I mean, for example, Mayoko is a hell of a reporter, but he doesn't break very much news. But on the other hand, here's what local guys can do. They can have opinions. Exactly. And yep. and they don't need the team for that. They right. don't need to have a buddy-buddy relationship with Jed or with Lynch or with the coach to do that. What you do, Iggy, is 
you have opinions on the news that gets broken. And that's why people tune into you because they know even if they don't agree with you, that it'll, it will be a sincere take. It'll be an honest take and they could take it or leave it. Also, it's a sincere take from someone who really knows the team as opposed to a national reporter who's covering 32 teams or a, a talking head on Fox Sports or ESPN who covers four sports and every single team. Like, they have a take on Jimmy Garoppolo or Kyle Shanahan. Like, they're not informed, but we are because we actually cover this team every single day. Yeah, like when I see it says Steve Stephen Smith has an uh, an opinion on the Niners or Cowherd, I don't ever look at them or listen to them because well, they don't know what anything. Do they know? Yeah. yeah, what do they know? That's like me they just an opinion on the Detroit Lions. Like, who? Why would anyone care? <laughs> or the Detroit Tigers? Yeah, why would anyone care what I have to say? I don't even care what I have to say about the Lions or the Tigers <laughs> yeah. or the Bears. Oh my! Oh, Ryan my. G. Hensley says five dollars for Lowell's lunch because of uh, his MJ take. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Ryan. You wanted me to ask you that. All right, moving on. So we agree. Say no to Aaron Rodgers. Say yes to keeping Lance. But that doesn't mean that the Niners are going to take our advice. Usually they don't, even though we're great quality control consultants. Larry Kruger, friend of the show, is adamant that he thinks the Niners are going to trade Trey Lance on draft night. That's his prediction. He doesn't think they necessarily should. Do you, do you agree with Larry? Do you think they're going to trade Trey Lance on draft night? Okay, I want to preface it by saying I really like Larry, and I have all the respect for him, and he really knows football. I humbly disagree. I humbly okay. disagree. Um, I, unless the Niners are actually insane, and I, I haven't really seen evidence that they're insane, I don't see why they would make that deal. And I'm willing to back it up with a bet. I'm willing to bet you, Iggy. You know, I actually agree with you on this. So I don't know what we're betting. I, I don't think the Niners have the, the, the guts to trade Trey Lance. I think we okay. one of us was supposed to take the other side. But organically, we both agree with each other. It, so, okay. it, it's not worth it. It's not worth the risk. The third round pick that they might get is not worth the risk of what you could lose. So we're not betting? We're not betting. You blew it. You blew the whole thing. Why did I blow it? You, we were talking on the phone yesterday. You said you were gonna. Th you said you thought you were gonna, they were gonna trade Trey Lance on draft. Now you changed your mind. I got confused. you talked yourself out of it. That's okay. You were I'm gonna lose I'm, that bet. I'm an old man. It's all right. So we we both agree that they're not gonna uh, trade him. Okay, give me one reason why that why they're not gonna trade him. Because they don't have the guts. Just they don't know. They might think he's not that good. They might think Brock's better, but they know that they're not that good at judging quarterbacks. And they know there's a possibility he could go somewhere and end up being everything they thought he'd be. And then they'd look like really, really incompetent. And I don't think they're um I don't think they're willing to risk it. Right. Uh also if they trade if they trade him for a pick, you're laughing because I got confused. If yeah. they trade him if they trade him for a pick, a lot of the local media, i.e. you, <laughs> would probably um, criticize them. Yeah. And I think they're very sensitive to criticism. I agree. I also think a lot of the fans would be, I think a lot of the media would try to make excuses. I don't know yeah. why, but a lot of media would be like, it's so brave that they admitted that they were wrong and they'd, they'd, they'd spin it in a positive way. But fans, I think, would be pissed. Two thirds would be really, like, hold on. You sold us on this kid. We were patient for two years. We believed there was a plan. And then you just get rid of them without even seeing, like, I feel stupid. I think a lot of fans would feel upset. 
Right, that they were played for a sucker. Absolutely. No question. You know, you told us that, that to be patient that you're going to develop this guy, and really you never did, and we just spent the last two years fantasizing about nothing. Right, and again, earlier we were talking about transparency. This would make them seem so opaque, so right. not transparent. Yeah, absolutely. You can't trust anything they say you because that's just right. two weeks ago at the owners' meetings, Kyle Shanahan literally said, we believe Trey Lance would have had a really good season last year if he'd stayed healthy. So how yeah. do you trade him for nothing uh, two months later? A month later. I know. Yeah. I love if he'd stay healthy like it was his fault. Okay. I, I totally what a bum. What a bum. He ran up the middle on a power run, and he had the nerve to break He had the nerve yeah. to break his foot, to break his leg. Yeah. What yeah. a bum. Yeah. <laughs> or what bad luck. What bad yeah. luck. It's, just, it's unfortunate that we have the worst luck in terms of injuries every single year. It's funny. The Niners are so proud about being the most physical team in the league. And how they want to beat you up and they want to wear you down. And they don't figure out like the next step of the equation. Like, why do we always have so many injuries? Because you play that way. It's a, yeah. a double-edged sword. But they can't go there. It's all right. David W. says, given the quarterback injury carousel on this team and its lack of emphasis on the O-line, would it not be wise to keep both Purdy and Lance on the roster? And yeah. Arnold. And Darnold. And Darnold. And Johnny Unitas so they can get him. Just in case. Dustin McHale says, do you think the Jets could be stalling so that they don't have to trade any of their 2023 draft picks? I don't know what the Jets are doing. With Rodgers? Possible. Or maybe Rodgers is stalling. Or maybe no one's stalling. I don't know. Ezio Sanchez says, okay. most dominant basketball player was Laker era Shaq. Oh, get out of here. Are you, get out of here. Will Chamberlain they changed, once they, scored a- They changed the illegal defense rules because of Shaq, though. Because he well, was so dominant, he could just push his way to the basket all of a sudden. Then you could yeah. double team him. Will Chamberlain scored 100 points in a game. It's true. Give, give he did. Gold-Blooded says, respectfully disagree. We have seen the Niners are insane. We've injured seven quarterbacks under Kyle and still haven't invested in the O-line. That's insane. Right? I agree. I mean, insanity is having the same problem over and over again and, and I mean, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting yeah. different results. So, yeah. That's right. I would have to say that. Robert Sala told me that one time. What do you say? The insanity thing. The insanity thing. When I didn't get the a job, he was like, the insanity clause. The insanity. He didn't clothes. get a job. He called me. He's like, "We got to talk." You know, like, you, you got to do something different because doing the same thing, expecting different results, is insanity. And that's when I started getting into videos. So shout out to Robert oh. Sala. The Niners got to do something different. Okay, a question about Robert Sala. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets? Starting to look shaky. I think so. Starting to look shaky. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. I, 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 you know, my guess is he's not going to the Jets. Yeah, feels like it would have happened by now if it was going to happen. Yeah. So what do you think's going to happen? Is he going to go to a mystery team or is he going to stay in Green Bay after all this? I wouldn't be surprised if he stays in Green Bay. I can't stand Aaron Rodgers. This guy milks all the attention all offseason to do nothing and stay on the same team and play the same and lose in the first round of the playoffs. I agree with you, Dad. I'm so tired of Aaron Rodgers. All right, let's move on. So we have to talk about this. Uh, wait a minute. I wish Aaron Rodgers didn't go to Cal. You know, my my older son and my wife graduated from Cal. I love Cal. Uh, it's it's a sourpuss. I, I wish he had played, you know, in Nebraska or Oklahoma. Wasn't a local guy. <laughs> All right, so when we were in Palm Springs last week, Trey Lance was working out with Patrick Mahomes. 
And Niner fans are really excited about this. And they've talked about the, the importance. You know, he's working out with Patrick Mahomes, coach. And that's, you know, that, that's important. But I think there's like a symbolic importance of this. And I think that would be a fun discussion for a couple of English majors to have, the symbolic importance. I mean, just the optics of it. The last six, ever since Trey's gotten injured, the Niners have pretty much uh, turned their back on him, at least publicly. Mm -hmm. It doesn't yep. seem like anyone's in his corner. It's almost like he, he's like he has like halitosis. Like no one wants to be anywhere near him. Last year in the offseason, Brandon Ayuk and him worked out all the time and posted videos. This year, no one's working out with Trey on the team. He had to go on Instagram and solicit college and uh, high school local wide receivers to work out with him. Seriously. And now, so it looked like there's no one in his corner. Now he's got Patrick Mahomes saying, you can work out with me. Like the Niners made it seem like this guy's a bum. I don't even want to be on the same in the same room with him. Patrick Mahomes saying, "You're not a bum. Not a waste of my time. Why don't you come and work out with me? Why, why don't you be in the same video as me? Why don't you work out with my coach?" I think that's a big deal for Trey Lance. I think now people are going to look at him differently and say, "You know what? Maybe it's just the 49ers' opinion of him. Maybe the best quarterback in the world has a different opinion of him, and maybe there's something there." It's like Mahomes giving him his seal of approval. It's a big deal. It, it's like saying it's this kid deal. is good and it's worth it. I want to say it says a lot about both men. It's It shows that, again, I've never met Mahomes. I've never interviewed him. Based on this one instance, he seems like a very generous person. Mm -hmm. What did he have to gain from that? Nothing. He seems like a good guy and a very mm -hmm. generous person. Mm -hmm. And what it says to me about, about Trey Lance is he is, has such desire you know, you could whatever kick it takes. me in the, whatever it takes. I'm going to work out with the best and screw you. And I'm and if you want to get rid of me, fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the best quarterback that you can imagine that I that I can be, and I'm gonna be good, and I'm gonna do everything I possibly can. And if I were the coach of a player like that, I would be in love with him. Absolutely. I would bring. I would be in love with him. Right, because I, I don't think the Niners told Trey, hey, go work out with Patrick Mahomes. Like, they're done with Trey. They've washed their yeah. hands at Trey. Like, tr Trey and his agent figured that out most likely. Or Patrick Mahomes reached out to him and said, hey, do you want to work out yeah. with me? Which is great because, again, Kyle Shanahan has such cachet in the league. And if he's written off Trey Lance, a lot of teams could say, hey, man, I mean, am I going to say that Kyle Shanahan doesn't know what he's talking about? He's been looking at him for two years in practice. I, how, how do I? Do I know more about Trey than him? But if Patrick Mahomes... I mean, he has more cachet than Kyle Shanahan. He's Patrick freaking Mahomes. Now a team could say, you know what? Maybe we need to do our own investigation here. Like Patrick. I did. think so. And yeah. I think one thing we shouldn't overlook is he, Lance may be learning from Mahomes. There was yes. always an issue. His ball floated a little. Yes. He, he, you did all the video about how he extended his front leg too soon, all of that. Well, wouldn't you assume that's some of the stuff they're working on? I mean, they're yeah. not just ha drinking Cokes and t telling stories. Right, and it's also like how to be a pro in the offseason. I'm, I'm yeah. sure Trey Lance works hard, but what to work on, how to work efficiently and effectively, and he's working with the best quarterback in the league and his personal passing coach who's looked at all of Trey Lance's you know, clips and, and he's seen all the slow motion stuff that you and I have seen and has told Trey, this is what you need to do to succeed, and Trey's buying in and trying to do it. So it seems like this is all very good stuff for him. And the Niners better be real careful if they're going to trade him because I bet you other teams are looking at this video and uh, and they're intrigued. Did I lose you, Dad? There you are. Did you hear me? 
No, I'm here. I'm here. Uh, you okay? Yes. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes, I got you. I got you. Okay. The other thing I want to point out is everybody is saying that Greasy, the quarterback coach, is so great because he developed Brock Purdy. Look, I don't know Greasy. I have n- nothing against him or nothing for him. It seems to me Brock Purdy was pretty developed. And I agree. He sure. <laughs> Yeah, and he sure doesn't thing. seem to have developed Trey Lance very much, right? Trey Lance needs to go out of the building to to learn to be a quarterback. True, true. Right. Anyway, uh, it's obviously great from a pragmatic sense, but I think just optics. It's really important for Trey because no one had his back, and I think there was a perception like this guy might really, really suck. And now, right. I mean, if he really, really sucked. Why would Mahomes waste his time? Why would Jeff Christensen waste his freaking time? So what? Sorry, dude, you're Tim Tebow. Go away. Go be a tight end yeah. somewhere. Change positions. Like, no, absolutely not. It's not what's happening. Yeah. I yeah. want to say, based on perce- uh, public perception, again, I haven't met this kid. I really like Trey Lance. Now, I really like Brock Purdy, too. Yep. I mean, there are ones you like. I knew yep. Kaepernick. I actually knew him, and I really disliked him. He's He's very hard to like. Um, but that was from personal experience. But watching how these, and also I want to say, I really like Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you? Jimmy annoyed me. He was he Tell- was polite, but like when you would get him after a game and he lost, he would always deflect and he would smile and he would say we, and he would essentially kind of imply that it wasn't his fault and i I, okay. I like trey and brock they're stand-up guys after losses they're like i'm the leader blame me i did this i did. i love that about those two guys so i have to say i and, like them better okay I, you know again i haven't really met uh garoppolo the point you're making is very good and if i were covering him and he was always making excuses it would it would annoy me and also make him go down in my estimation it would and you would try to pin him down you would follow up you would say hold on jimmy Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And you would appreciate Trey and Brock being so forthcoming. Right. Yes. Thank you. I'm glad we had that little uh, parenthesis. Sure. Preston Reynolds says predicting that Brock will get voted a captain. Unfortunately, the final vote of no confidence from a very stubborn locker room. I I don't know about things like that. We'll see. We'll see. I don't think I don't think he deserves to be voted a captain at this time. He has too, not. Too he has not served long enough. It, 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 it's not right. I agree with that. Yeah. L. Penguin says if they need an all-time quarterback like Rodgers just to win a Super Bowl, what does that say about Kyle? <laughs> it's true. Kyle's it, supposed to be an offensive genius, but his solution to his offensive problem last week—he had that, that malaise halfway through the year where they were averaging 19 points a game. His giant solution was trading for a running back. Yeah. Adding a great player, like yet yeah, that'll help for sure. What Iggy and I have maintained for years, and it, other people are beginning to say it, is that Kyle does not know how to judge or develop quarterbacks. And I, I think there's, there's a lot of evidence to support that, that statement. I don't think his dad did either. He lucked into Elway. And Steve. Both of them. Yes, and Steve. Yeah. yeah. Jesse, like, I, I bet if Kyle coached Steve... Steve would be great, and Steve would listen to Kyle, and Steve would appreciate Kyle. But that's Steve. How many how many quarterbacks are like that? You know what I mean? That's Steve. right. Because St- yeah. Steve is such a gentleman. 
such a gentleman and he would appreciate Kyle's dedication and Kyle's negativity wouldn't get to Steve because he's so self-assured and confident and he could tell he could tell Kyle to, you know, shove it and Kyle would probably take I mean, Steve, Steve made it work with Mike. He could probably make it work with Kyle, but there are very few quarterbacks who could, I would think. I got an interesting Steve story. I'm going to have to leave out some names. Okay. There's a uh, school on the peninsula that at least one of Steve's kids went to. And I know someone involved in that school. And they said that a couple of things about Steve. When there'd be um, a conference with the head, the head of the school and Steve about the child, Steve would come with a notebook and take notes in the wow. office. And you would never know he was Steve Young. He was just a really involved parent. I and I, the people there are wild about him because he never, he would always be humble and would actually want to learn and take notes. Then he got on the board of that school and the people on the board, according to my information, felt that he was a great colleague and asked the best questions. I believe and, it. I believe yeah, it. Yeah, and when I heard that stuff, I was so not surprised because yeah. that's how he always was every time I ever talked to him. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Wade says, plot twist, Niners grow a pair and trade Brock and keep Trey. I think not you would be happen. against this for the same reason you'd be against trading Trey. Yeah, not going to happen. You don't know. It's also not going to happen. Terror Dome says, Grant, in the 76-year history of the NBA, only one player has held the scoring title, regular season MVP, defensive player of the year, won the NBA championship, and finals MVP, MVP respect air. <laughs> I really, I really got a lot of people talking with this Michael Jordan thing. This is a football show. But, hey, yeah. I appreciate you guys setting me straight. Can I say one thing about Air? Yeah. He wasn't a very good baseball player. No, he wasn't. He couldn't he hit. Not. No, yeah. in the minors he couldn't hit, which is interesting because you assume a great player can translate his skills to another sport. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. Right. No, I mean, I, I grew up playing baseball. I couldn't imagine trying to pick that up after puberty. I mean, yeah. just the a, a swing. You're trying to hit a curveball. You, you no, it's never going to happen, man. It's a whole right. different skill set. Hand-eye coordination, right. all that. Anyway, let's move on. You didn't get to talk about JT O'Sullivan. JT O'Sullivan oh. made the video two weeks ago about Kyle Shanahan, and it had a lot of film analysis, which was good. But it he took it to the next level and elevated it by having a full-on satire where he actually dressed up as Kyle Shanahan and interviewed himself as Kyle Shanahan. And it was one of the best videos I've seen on YouTube. What'd you think? I loved it. Now, I want to say I covered him when he played briefly for the Niners. And I actually thought maybe he was a bit of a jerk. Um, but you know what? The That video, I, I found it really... Um, convincing and endearing yeah. uh, that he dressed up and he he looked like Shanahan and he had yeah. his voice cadence Iggy yes, he, he had did. his voice cadence he did a pretty he did the best Shanahan impression I've seen so far yeah I mean it was really great and so here's some of my takeaways first of all I apologize that we're talking about it late but I didn't have a chance before and I love satire I thought it yeah. took. Uh, it great imagination and enterprise for O'Sullivan to do that. And I want to say, if you ever watch this, JT, God love you for doing that. Yeah. 
um, it made me laugh. And the way he caught Kyle's personality, you know, um, anybody with common sense could see. And it's such a arrogant, condescending way to talk. And uh, so what O'Sullivan kept saying is, I don't have common sense. But then he yeah. would show videos and he would like, what was Kyle thinking? And Kurt Warner had done that a few months before. So now it's two two people, two quarterbacks have done it now. What what was he thinking? And especially uh, the, the play where Debo Samuel was supposed to be the hot read and Debo didn't know anything. He just wandered around the field and it was it was Brock Purdy got murdered on. It was Jimmy. Jimmy. That was Jimmy. Jimmy. That was the end of Jimmy with the Niners. That was the end of Jimmy. And it was partly the fault of Debo Samuel, but the coach didn't say, hey, dude, you're not supposed to just hang around like like a spectator. You're supposed right. to be the hot read. And I thought that that, that uh, call by J.T. O'Sullivan was really persuasive, yeah. really good. He went through every one of the four injuries on the quarterbacks and showed in his interpretation how it was Kyle's fault. And I felt it was persuasive, but I want to say more about it. It's not just that. I believe that for starters, J.T. O'Sullivan doesn't like Kyle Shanahan. Mm -hmm. He may not know him, but I think he objects to him. Uh, I think he objects to the idea that people consider him a genius like Bill Walsh, which is absurd. And he seems to have gotten an early start in the league because he was Mike Shanahan's son. And I, I get the feeling that J.T. O'Sullivan felt that other people were as gifted or more but didn't get the, the break that this kid got. And it, it burns him up personally because he doesn't seem to have moved ahead in the, in the league as a coach. What I wonder is... Is it only J.T. O'Sullivan who feels that way, or are there a whole bunch of coaches, assistant coaches in the NFL, who feel exactly the same way about Kyle Shanahan? Well, when, when J.T.O. said he called it the, uh, the nepotism football league, I think a lot of people agree with that. I don't think he made that up. I think that's a thing, and I, yeah, think I do you look at it like, like you don't have to be a nepotism hire in the NFL, but if if the owners know who your dad is and they have a positive feeling of who your dad is, then you're going to get an OC job in your 20s. You'll get all the best jobs and you'll get promoted quickly. And there are people who are, you know, position coaches, O-line coaches, D-line coaches who are really good, have been in the league a long time, but don't have a famous last name and they're stuck. They're stuck with no, no way to ever get promoted. And I think that's what you said. A lot of people resent that. Yeah, he called them nepo hires, and yeah. he he uh, had complete contempt, clearly, for Shanahan. Like, how the hell did you earn any of this stuff? And we know coaches who can't. We know coaches who can't get a job and are pro more experienced than Kyle, and maybe better. We know them. I mean, it, for Kyle, it goes deep. It's not just his start in the NFL; it's his playing career in college. Like, how did you get to play at the University of Texas? Like, look at him. He's not a, a, a D1 athlete, but his dad's Mike Shanahan, and he probably, I mean, Mac Brown or whoever was the coach at Texas 25 years ago may have owed Mike Shanahan a favor or felt, hey, I'll, I'll do him a favor because he might do me a favor down the line. I mean, that's how these things work. So Kyle yeah. Shanahan got to be a D1 athlete in college, 
And then to get the on the field and get a few throws, I think he might have caught like seven or eight passes in college. He became best friends with the quarterback on the team, and they they swapped tattoos. I mean, Kyle's been working the ang- these angles for his whole life. Right. I can understand why someone who played in the league and got that far can then like turn around and say, "I have something to offer this game as a coach." And and owners be like, "Sorry, uh, who's your dad? Nah, you only you only played quarterback in the NFL. That's just that's just not enough of a background." Right. And it was very interesting that he showed plays where the blocking scheme was all wrong mm-hmm. and how how quarterbacks got hurt because of the play design. Now, Lance. we yes, we Lance. always Brock Purdy. Purdy both. 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 Yep, both. Yeah. Yeah. And and his point was I'm I'm just just a college a high school coach. Even I can see the flaws in this. How come you can't see and how come you can't learn? That's what is the, the for me, the nepotism doesn't bother me. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. The fact that he can't learn. You know, I'm a, a better writer now as an old man than I was at 30. I just am. I learned. I learned how to write shorter sentences, more active verbs, how my images work better. I know how to start. I know how to end. It, it takes experience, and I, don't, and I had to learn, and the learning was fun. I love the learning. I don't feel Shanahan loves the learning because he already knows everything. He, yeah, how can you learn if you already know everything? Right, right. I, I find it uh, I find it disheartening. I felt Bill Walsh, I covered his first season when he came back to Stanford. I felt he was still learning. This guy who had won three Super Bowls, he was in coaches' meetings. He was very curious to know other people's point of view. He was a sponge in the room. Now, mm-hmm. he always had the final decision, and there was never any question about that, and he would disagree, and if you made a point, you had to really defend it. Iggy was like being in a graduate seminar at Stanford. It was so mm-hmm. much fun. It was. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't, I don't see Kyle, Kyle that way. Questioned. I don't think no. Kyle likes being questioned. I think he has a group of people that agree with him, which yeah. is a problem. Yeah. I think so. You need to hear dissenting voices if they're helpful and they're polite. You need to hear dissenting voices. Whenever, Iggy, whenever I wrote a column that had to do with uh, minority issues, race, issues i would never send it into the paper until your mom read it uh i needed and if she said you know lo you have this all wrong i didn't defend myself mm-hmm. i would say i trust you help me here what's mm-hmm. wrong should i kill the column or are there ways to write it that are more acceptable and you would see us we'd spend hours doing it absolutely i don't see kyle doing that no, there's no one. I don't, I don't think there's anyone he respects that much. Even his dad. I don't think he would yeah. take that from his dad. Yeah. Uh, okay, last, last topic, uh, and then we'll finish the show. But the, the Warriors are back in the playoffs. They start in a couple days against the Kings. I like playoff basketball. And yesterday, Ryan and I were talking about players we grew up watching that we think would be even better today. And Steve Young's my all-time favorite uh, athlete because you allowed me to meet him when I was seven years old. Another one of my favorite athletes when I was growing up, Chris Mullen. He was at his best when I was about four. And I loved watching him play. It strikes me that today, the way the, the NBA has evolved with all the three-point shooting, he would be 
even better and a bigger star than he was. And I know you covered most of his career. What do you think of that statement? And what do you remember about covering him? Okay, I agree with you. If you know, in a way, Curry changed the league. Yeah. Uh, he made the three-pointer uh, so uh, prevalent. Yeah, Chris was a great shooter. I'm not going to say he was as great as Curry because I don't know if anyone was. But Chris was a great shooter. And if he were playing in this era, I think he'd be almost unstoppable. He'd have a green uh, light. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, he'd have a green yeah. light. I think he'd be yeah. almost unstoppable. I, yeah. I, I know Chris very well. Uh, I covered him when he came in as a rookie. And Chris and I grew up in the same neighborhood. Now, I'm 17 years old. Uh, uh, I grew up on Avenue L at one end, and he grew up at Avenue L on the other. We we used to go to the same Chinese restaurant, the New China Inn, separately. But it, yeah. we were in the same neighborhood, and um, he used to play in all the gyms around. And one time he asked me, Lowell, what junior high did you go to? And I said, Huddy. That was what was called Huddy. And he said, oh, God, I used to play in that gym. He was walking distance from his house, and he mm-hmm. used to play at Huddy all the time. So we we, we really are from the same neighborhood. Um, I am wild about Chris Mullen. When I think of players that I, that I've covered that I have affection for, Chris is one of them. I have a, 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 an interesting story that I, I mentioned to Iggy this morning. A lot of you people are young, and you may not remember that Chris had a drinking problem. And I guess he's what you call a recovering alcoholic. I mean, he's very serious, a very serious guy about this. But one time, uh, Don Nelson was the coach. It was his first time around as the coach. This thing's falling out of my ears. I'm sorry. I'm Okay, okay. So okay. we were... Um, they were practicing at the Mormon temple up in the hills by us, Iggy. Mm-hmm. And they have a gym there. And there was some reason they couldn't practice that day at the arena. I don't know why. And when the practice was over, Chris wasn't there. And, and people were saying, where's Chris? And Don Nelson said, Chris has a drinking problem. And he's gone mm-hmm. you know, to a facility to work this out, which was obviously the big news of the day. And very shocking and very sad. But for Chris, it worked out great. It worked out great. And I do remember when it, the, the facility was uh, in the East Coast and he, when he was finally left it, when he was okay, um, the person who picked him up and gave him a ride home was McEnroe, John wow. McEnroe. Wow. And uh, yeah, isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Uh, they they um, obviously, when you're a great athlete, it, Chris was from Brooklyn, McEnroe from Queens. When you're a great athlete in high school, you probably know each other. You probably get banquets together. You get to know each other. Yeah. So I thought that was that was very touching. Um, also, um, Chris graduated from, uh, he always went to Catholic school, and he graduated from a high school in Brooklyn called Zavarian, where he was, you know, all great and all of this. Richie Aurelia, the Giants' former shortstop, went to Zavarian. He's from Brooklyn, too. And he was in the same class as Chris's younger brother, Terrence. So he, uh, Aurelia was friendly with the Mullen family. There's, there's all kind of little strands, you know? That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. When, he when I pu- Go ahead. I'm sorry. And when I published my book a couple of years ago, Gloves Off, I needed uh, – it's standard. You get someone to write a little – blurb on the back cover of the book and the three people who I felt close enough and I admired uh, 
to write blurbs were Chris, um, Brent Jones, and Dusty Baker, of course. How could you not have yeah. Dusty? And yeah. and Steve Young and Brian um, Murphy wrote the forewords. Interesting. Yeah. I love All watching Mullen play, and it, it felt like he was ahead of his time. Like that whole run TMC, Don Nelson, they were ahead of their time. Like they were small ball, and it, it wasn't necessarily the best way to play in the 90s. It was a, There were different rules, but now everyone plays that way. And uh, I just can imagine Chris Mullen playing with today's rules, shooting as many threes as he wanted. He'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. On the same what, team as Chris, that, would be a lot of fun. Oh, boy, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, uh, what I, I mentioned to Iggy when um, <sighs> I talked to George Carl when he was coaching the Warriors, and he loved Chris Mullen, and he said, you know, when Chris retires, the factory of – passing in the NBA will shut down. He said that Chris was just the greatest passer he ever saw. He was not a great defensive player, great shooter, great passer, great teammate, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And what Chris told me was he was so calm during games that during an NBA game, it felt just like he was shooting in the gym playing in the gym. It, it, uh, he, there are certain people who have that calmness. I never would, but he said, that's how he felt. Yeah, and his his skill was again, like you said, the shooting and the passing. They, they, what did he say? They shut down the the factory, factory of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that skill, and that's what is so important to, in today's game. Like in the past, you would walk the ball up the court and you'd throw the ball into the low post, and then you'd give it to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Michael Jordan or Carl Malone or Charles Barkley, and he'd go one on one and either get fouled or score, and that was the game. Yeah. And now you can't play that way anymore. And a guy like Chris Mullen who can dribble and pass off the dribble or shoot off the dribble or shoot threes, I mean, he would be devastating. And Whereas a guy like Charles Barkley might not be as good because he can't shoot. And he didn't necessarily, you know, he couldn't defend multiple positions. be interesting. Yeah. Also, Chris is a lefty. And I think lefties in sports have an advantage. I do. I agree. Steve was a lefty. They're unorthodox. Yeah, you have to do different things. Yeah, they come the different way. Yeah. Boxers, pitchers, quarterbacks. Yeah. It's all awkward. Yeah. That was yeah. one of the things that Bill Walsh loved about That's Steve nice. Young because, yeah. um, first of all, Bill was a lefty. He yeah. was also a lefty, and he thought of the world that way, and he knew that as a righty, the defense is always lined up a certain way. Right. Against the lefty, they had to change everything. Yeah. So he was intrigued by many things about Steve but his left-handedness was part of it. And I, I've never talked to Chris about his left-handedness, but I bet he has an answer to that. He's, Chris is very smart. That's the other thing. He's a very bright guy and a very, I want to say, a very sweet man. Remember what James Harden was doing to the league four years ago, scoring 35, 40 points a game, being a bit of a ball hog? Chris oh, Mullen could have oh. put up those kind of numbers without being a ball hog. He could have yeah. been James Harden. Yeah, he could shoot like Harden or better, pass like Harden or better, but he also wasn't a, you know, he was in better shape than Harden, better defender than Harden, that kind of guy. He could have been, he could have been an MVP candidate, although I, he might have been, I don't know. He was on the dream he team. Was on the, he was on the dream, on the dream team. team. Yeah. 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 Um, Iggy, for what it's worth, when I used to cover the NBA, I hated to watch Harden play. All he right. wanted to do was have the ball dribble, drive dribble, dribble, and, dribble, and get fouled. Dribble. Yep. And get fouled. Yep. I, I just hated him. Uh, one thing about that, and I told you and I forgot to mention, sometimes I would talk about basketball with Chris, and he said when he would drive to the hoop, 
He used to mm. do it pretty quick. And Nelson, Don Nelson, who was very crafty, said, go slower through the key because you'll attract more fouls and it'll be three points. So Chris um, consciously tried to slow down on his drives through the key to pick up the foul as he got the layup. That's very clever. Yeah. I should have done that when I was in the playground. Sorry I'm late. Nice to see you guys. This is Double B Studio. Nice to see you too. Hi. Hi. Rod Simmons says, at Lowell, any, Walsh, any Walsh's type left, he developed his quarterbacks. Oh, boy, Iggy would know that better than I do. Uh, I, I know there's no one on the 49ers like that. Bill did, I got to tell you, Bill really did develop quarterbacks. And now, again, I said he was a lefty, but I saw him working sometimes with right-handed quarterbacks. Bill would take the ball in his right hand and throw it, and he could simulate the action even though he was a lefty. He was really serious about it. He could watch, uh, he watched Jeff Garcia at San Jose State and he knew this was an NFL talent. He knew it. And when he wanted to bring Jeff to the team, Mariucci couldn't see it and didn't want him. And Bill said, you're, you're going to get him. And it turned out right. And to his credit, Mariucci was finally able to see it. I think Mariucci actually wanted to cut him at first. And I think Mary told the story. I think Mary really? told the story. He saw he had him, didn't see it, wanted to cut him. Bill Walsh insisted. Mary she said, Hey, you're Bill Walsh, absolutely, and eventually saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Double B Studio says, Lunchtime got a super burrito, probably not gonna finish it. Got the lime, the green sauce, horchata. That sounds like a lot of fun. But yeah, you can never actually finish the burrito. It's huge. It's like two thousand calories. <laughs> it's the show. That was a fun Well, one. I really I really enjoyed it, Iggy. I really enjoyed it too. Thanks everyone for uh, indulging us on a little basketball talk. That was fun, and I hope we uh, you enjoyed our. We almost made a bet today. We'll find it. We'll find something to bet about next time. I got confused. <laughs> no, but it's okay because you shouldn't say something you don't. I don't want you to pay me a, a bottle of wine losing a bet that you didn't believe in. You got to believe in yeah. the bet. Got to believe in the bet. You got to believe in the bet. All right, Dad. I love you. I love you, Iggy. I'll talk to you soon. I'll talk Bye, to you everybody. Soon. Bye.